on today's episode of the Blue Bloods. Uh, I guess just go ahead and fade every pick that Zach and I make from now on because we're obviously just idiots. Uh, we don't know what we're talking about. Um, we will reluctantly recap our pick six seg- uh, segment. Uh, we'll touch on our top performers, not literally, of course. Uh, we have dumpster fires, risers and movers, and we'll cap it all off with two new segments. Uh, we have hot takes and bad beats. So let's go ahead and get it started. First game of the weekend, uh, Zach and I chose UCF uh, visiting Cincinnati, and UCF came in this game as a favorite. I don't really want to talk a whole lot about this game, Zach. I don't have too many words for it. <laughs> I just want to say, everybody, you, you, you just have to go with my picks, man. I, I call these games. I pick Cincinnati. I said their defense was going to make enough plays. I think their defense played extreme, extremely, extremely well. Um Dylan Gabriel finally looked overwhelmed in the game. And, you know, he threw for 300 yards, but he had three interceptions that just never seemed to never seemed to find his rhythm. And really and truly, Cincinnati dominated the second half. Uh, they outscored UCF 17-0 until late in the fourth quarter when UCF scored pretty much a junk time touchdown, in my opinion. And I, I think Cincinnati played a – I don't think Cincinnati played a great game, which is why I think this spells even more trouble for UCF. I mean, Cincinnati had more penalties, more thir- – like, they struggled on third down, and they didn't really have a passing game. Their quarterback, Desmond Ritter, did not play amazing. And so what does this say for UCF that Cincinnati could play not even their best game of the year and still come out with a win? Yeah, I mean, to that point, uh, they didn't play a great game. But their rushing game with Michael Warren uh, leading that attack looked pretty good. I mean, 23 carries for 133 yards uh, from from the running back here. Uh, yeah. yeah. In my opinion, I mean, just watching the game anyway, and this, you know, I, I'm not a very smart guy, so let's just go ahead and uh, talk <laughs> opinions from Brandon right now. Uh, I thought Cincinnati played pretty – I mean, I thought they played decently well. Um, I remember sitting here in my apartment talking to my friends uh, saying that the only way – this is while Cincinnati was still losing in, like, the second quarter. Um, and I was like, the only way Cincinnati loses this game is if they beat themselves. And there were a couple times when I thought they were going to beat themselves. But um, eventually they pulled ahead, and I remember just it, it being 27-16 in the fourth quarter. Cincinnati scored uh, a touchdown there. And I was like, that's a wrap. Like, they can't lose this game. There's no way. UCF looked too bad in this game. Yeah, uh, they did. Uh, I just – I was actually very surprised. I picked Cincinnati, but I thought it was going to be because – I thought it was going to be because Cincinnati played better. But I don't think they really did, in my opinion. I think both these teams played pretty sloppy. And, you know, after the first half, I wasn't feeling super confident about my pick. I'm glad they still had a shot, but – I don't think, you know, it was too spectacular. And, you know, props to Cincinnati. I mean, it looks like it's looking like the AAC is going to have a different champion this year, to be honest with you. I mean, they have two teams that are still undefeated, and neither one of those teams are UCF. I mean, they have Memphis and they have SMU. Uh, 
and, and they're both looking pretty good right yeah, now. Yeah, and, both rolling. And, and don't forget about Tulane. Tulane oh, yeah. they only is one not, loss. T- only losses to Auburn on the road, and they didn't look horrible in the loss to Auburn. Dude, and so, they looked good this past weekend. Yes, they Army. did. They, they looked uh, they looked great. And FYI, sorry guys for telling you guys that Army was going to beat Tulane. That is all. That's that's my B, my B. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think UCF. Uh, I think Scott. They thought they were going to be able to outlast, you know, Scott Scott Frost's departure and. Really, they lost a lot of talent. There are some players in the NFL that are from that UCF team that went undefeated for two years. And I don't think people gave them enough credit for, you know, being as good of players as they are. And, you know, there's not a lot of teams. I mean, they eventually had to be coming back to, you know, just being UCF. It was a great run. It was one of the – it was an iconic moment in college football, to be honest with you, but it had to end eventually. Yeah, I have two more thoughts on this game, and that's going to be a wrap for me. Uh, the first one is, did you, did you watch Dylan Gabriel pass, like, for anything over 20 yards this weekend uh, on I, Friday? If he did, I missed it. <laughs> no, no, I, I didn't mean he completed it. I mean, like, when he threw it, he threw, like, you know, like how you would when you were a little kid and you knew you could <laughs> so you don't, like, throw it in a straight line. You throw it about 50 feet in the air and just hope it gets there. That was every oh. single pass from Dylan Gabriel this Friday. It was insane. I loved it. it. It was not a good look. No, it, not a great it look. It really was not. It was not a great look <laughs> in the slightest. Yeah. And, and the last thing I wanted to touch on, did you see uh, Cincinnati's Twitter page where they posted after the game? Yes. Legendary. <laughs> that is so legendary, man. You, I loved it. For those of you who didn't see it, um, Cincinnati's official football page, and I've never seen any official football page do anything like this before, Um they went on and they posted a video of like the Disney opening scene credits where you see Cinderella's castle um, and the river. And then there's a shooting star that goes over it and usually says like Disney up front. Not in this instance, in this instance, they did everything except for that. And they put, you hate to see it <laughs> underneath. <where Disney laughs> really is. And it just cracked me up. I, mean, I was laughing about that all day. It, it's, it, that was a beautiful, beautiful troll job. I love it. By, by the Cincinnati page. And shout out to the Cincinnati crowd. That environment was amazing. I don't know if you picked up on it. I think the team fed off of it. Those fans showed up and they made it a very difficult environment for Dylan Gabriel and this UCF team. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you there. Um, I don't know if they were just – they took too much Skyline Chili in or what they did. This, this crowd <laughs> this crowd was all over it. Um, so that, that's it for my thoughts on this game. Uh, let's go ahead and continue to our next matchup. Um, yet another one that I got wrong. Uh, we, we got, uh, we have <laughs> Iowa visiting Michigan weekend. Michigan was the favorite. I wanted to pick a dog. I don't know how we can really criticize my pick here. Full disclosure. I went two and four this week. On picks. I was about to burn you up. I was ready. That was the next statement is that you went two and four. You have officially <laughs> was- secured the only losing record in pick six history as, as, as this point. Yeah. It's, it, listen, <sighs> I don't know how though. Like, there were there were a lot of upsets this weekend. What are you five and nine in the past hey, <laughs> two hey, weeks? Hey, hey, wait, we aren't going to talk about that now. Uh, <laughs> oh my lord, you are my risers and movers. You are my biggest fall right now, Brandon. I understand that, but um, it, it's my guys. In case, <laughs> but in case you guys didn't see it, Michigan won a close game, ten to three. 
over Iowa. And the most my boring first, game I've ever seen. I was way. about to say, man, in my notes it says 19-10 football returns. <laughs> I mean, both offensive coordinators deserve to have their paychecks held after this game. It was – oh, my Lord, man. I was, at, I, I was watching this game, and I just – I, I had to try to stay awake, man. I was I had to pull out a Red Bull, a Monster, or something because I was. This is a snooze fest. It was already early, and then we had to deal with this. Are you kidding me? Yeah, Michigan scored all ten points in the first quarter. Yeah, and the field goal that Iowa kicked was also. It was in the second quarter. It was in the first half, though. Yeah, no points in the second half, guys. I mean, it it is the it's horrible in my opinion. I mean. Nate Stanley for out the quarterback for Iowa should be ashamed of himself. He he had 260 yards, three interceptions, and was sacked eight times, which totaled up to negative 65 rushing yards for him. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah, and and like really and truly, I mean, Shea Patterson was just not as bad as that. He was horrible, but he just wasn't as bad as Nate Stanley. He only threw one interception, but he only threw for 150 yards. I mean, I'm not going to say it's good um, because it's definitely not. This was a terrible game, man. Mm -hmm. 120 rushing yards, guys, from Michigan is what won this game because they could run the ball and get into the end zone one time. Zach Charbonnet had 42 yards and a touchdown. Michigan spread the ball around a lot, though, in the run game, and I credit them for that. I think (laughs) it was five people had over eight carries if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, Iowa had one rushing yard. That was the next thing I was going to say. One rushing yard. Do you know how bad you have to be <laughs> to get one rushing yard on 30 attempts? Yeah, that's what I was – oh, man, that's that's rough, bro. That is rough. I, I don't know. I mean, both teams struggled. This was a horrible, you know, horrible game. But – you know, when one team has four turnovers and the other team only has one, and that team that has one has home field advantage, that team's winning every single time. And, you know, you've got to give Michigan credit for beating an undefeated conference opponent. Even if it was ugly, it's still a win. Yeah, uh, I, I guess so. Uh, my MVPs in this game are going to be the punters on both teams <laughs> because they had most of the playing time this this Saturday, so. About mine is the fans to wake up at 11 a.m. and you know the stadium was still packed at the end of the game and they saw 13 points total. I'd be pissed if I had to wake up as early as they did to tailgate and try to get to that game just to see my offense put up 10 points in the first quarter and then that's it. Yeah, um, and they they still packed this place. I mean, they, their mm-hmm. attendance was still up there at 11 a.m. That doesn't that's happen. That doesn't happen in the SEC. If you schedule an 11 some, a.m. game, you're like you're just going to be halfway empty. Brian Denny might not even open the gates. They might just play in front of like an empty stadium. Just a if, scrimmage. Yeah, no kidding. But I don't know about you guys, but some of the interceptions were terrible for Iowa too. I mean, it wasn't even like, oh, I can see how we did that. I mean, some of them, I mean, hitting Michigan right in the chest. Right. Um, it, it wasn't a good game all around. Um, I don't have too many thoughts on this. I mean, I watched – I watched it for part of it, and then the second half rolled around, and I just didn't see any points. And I needed to be <laughs> stimulated by something at all times. Um, so, so with no points, I just I, I was like, ah, there's no way I'm not finishing this game. Yeah. So, guys, I don't know about you. I don't know about you know our listeners out there, their opinions, but I don't see how anyone in the Big Ten outside of Wisconsin is going to challenge Ohio State. Ohio State right now looks like they would beat Michigan by fifty. 
Penn State's looking pretty good too, though. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I just don't think Penn State is on the same level yet of Wisconsin no, and Ohio they're de- State. They're definitely not. I, I think I think they're close. You know, they're right in the middle of that like first second tier. They're just kind of hovering in between. But I need to see Penn State beat you know play some more people first. I'm still iffy on them because I mean Purdue had a lot of injuries. I mean Purdue. I th- I was I watched the beginning of the Purdue. Purdue Penn State game and literally the list of injuries is just they, they had to scroll on the screen of ESPN to list all the starters and player and like role players that were out yeah uh, not, not that, in, that includes their starting quarterback and Rondell Moore oh geez dude that's that's insane yeah not not great I, I wanted to you know beat up on Purdue but when you lose half your team I mean there are no, there's nothing you can do that's true um Let's go ahead and get to our next matchup. Uh, may, maybe the most surprising game of the weekend, at least for me. Uh, we have Auburn visiting Florida uh, for Florida's homecoming. And holy cow, I was not expecting this. Um, and for those of you keeping up at home, uh, this is 0-3 for Brandon so far. <laughs> God, that's horrible, man. You know, and as an Auburn fan, I thought I lost most in this game, but 0-3 is rough, bro. Yeah. Uh, I mean, shot. Yeah, shout out to Kyle Trask, though, man. Played a heck of a game. Uh, he deserves a lot more respect than I think, he, you know, me and Brandon were giving him and uh, the rest of the country was giving him. I mean, Auburn, outside of one big 88-yard run in the fourth quarter, Auburn stuffed Florida's run game. I mean, neither team could run the football. And, you know, Shout out to Kyle Trask for making plays. He had 234 yards and two touchdowns, and that's after it looked like his ACL just disappeared when no, uh, he, yeah, he got hit low. And I mean, it looked ugly. I, I at that point, I thought he was out for the game, but he came back the next drive and he kept balling. And I think he's the reason they won this game. Yeah, for sure. Uh, him and Michael P. Ryan. I mean, this guy. Yeah. This this guy. I mean, 14 carries, 130 yards. Granted, one of those was like what was it like 80 90. Yards? 90, 90, 90 yards. yards. Dude. That's what I'm saying. The, neither team had a run game except for that play. Yeah, I mean that's this this game was something else because um, I was sitting at the car dealership this weekend. I bought I bought a truck, so thanks for, for thanks for everybody uh, sending me the shout outs on that. Um, <laughs> so I was sitting there and I was waiting on it to be ready, and I, I see Michael P Ryan pull off this giant run and dude from that point and he's from the same city that we're from and so we we played against him in high school and he was a stud then he was a stud now I mean this guy is insane (laughs) yeah and just a backstory for you guys apparently he said Auburn told him he was too slow yeah to uh to play in the SEC and I mean he was the one that sealed the game yeah, yeah he, sealed the, he sealed the game because Auburn still had a chance. If, if that run doesn't happen, Auburn has a chance to win up until the end of the game. And right. he, he put it away. And, you know, shout out to the Swamp. That, that, that fan base showed up, and that, that was a ruckus environment right there. I mean, it should have been because it was game day, homecoming, all the above, playing the top ten matchup. Great job to those fans. We have any Florida listeners that – they deserve a helmet sticker or whatever you want to give them because they they really really made it tough on Bo Nix and Auburn. Yeah, they for sure did. Um, one of the things I want to touch on during this game, I guess it's just something I didn't know. Um, 
you know, there's been the storyline about Kyle Trask not starting a game, uh, you know, before, before last weekend since he was a freshman in high school, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't realize he went to the same high school as uh, Derek King, the, the Houston quarterback yep. who decided he was going to redshirt four weeks into the season. No injury, just his team wasn't great, and so he's going to redshirt. Um, he played behind him. Uh, and so essentially when teams were coming to recruit him and other players on the team, the coaching staff was like, hey, check out Kyle Trask, great quarterback. But he's not – they didn't – I guess he wasn't as good as Derek King at that point. I think that Kyle Trask has just been on a mission to, to show everyone that he is real – I mean, he's the real deal. He, he's better than Felipe Franks, and it's not even close. No doubt. I think if Felipe Franks was the starting quarterback, Auburn does win. <laughs> no, they Personally. do. Dude, it, I if, mean, if Kyle Trask is – I mean, if Felipe Franks is the starting quarterback, then Kentucky wins the Florida game that they – that Kyle Trask led them to the comeback on. And I don't – I mean – they. Yeah, I guess Tennessee probably still loses, but um, I don't know. Auburn might have really won this game if if Felipe Franks is out there throwing thirty yard bombs to nobody. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I don't. If you if you didn't watch this game, it was the sloppiest game of all time. It was oh my lord, man! This game was insane to watch. They all hit the ground eight, more than it was in anybody's hand. That's what I'm saying. Eight total turnovers, guys. Eight total turnovers. Four for each team and it each team was had had a combined six for 29 on third downs there were only six third down conversions the whole game between the two teams on almost 30 attempts and each combined each team had like the teams combined had 15 penalties for 125 yards right and and another thing was horrible another thing about this game is uh bo nix's performance wasn't great i mean no. I made a big deal about him in our preview episode talking about – or I don't know if it's our preview episode. It may have been our recap from last week talking about how much he's improved, how – how I mean, I thought he was turning into a really good quarterback. And granted, he's still a freshman. This is his first season starting, and he has to go play a game at the Swamp for Florida's homecoming. And so it's going to be a tough game. But, man, you've got to step up in the situation. I mean, he, he was just starting to prove himself, and then he has this game. Yeah, I mean, he finally had his freshman moment. He looked overwhelmed. He and he uh, if you didn't watch the game, he he missed two touchdown passes in the fourth quarter, which even with the big LeMichael Piron run, Auburn would have won the game with two touchdowns. Right. He missed Seth Williams. Seth Williams was wide open down the field, and he overthrew Seth Williams, and Seth Williams had to make a diving catch. And then – on an RPO play in the red zone, he Seth Williams was wide open on a slant, and he threw it behind at the ground at Seth Williams, and he couldn't catch it. And then the next play through the interception, that pretty much won Florida the game. Right. Um, I mean, and I get. I mean, Auburn kept this game really close, uh, at least for most of it until until the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, when Michael P. Ryan had that ninety yard run to to just basically seal the deal, but. I mean, for for a majority of the game, I guess they were they were there. They were pretty close. I mean, it was like thirteen to fourteen at one point. Then it was thirteen seventeen, and then Florida scored that last mm-hmm. touchdown. But at some point, I mean, after three interceptions, you don't think maybe let's maybe let's try out uh, Joey Gatewood at quarterback, maybe for a drive, see how it goes. I, I don't know if you take Bo Nix out like that but there were a few third downs where Auburn had third and two third and three where why Joey Gatewood can fall and give you those three yards I don't understand Malzahn's strategy on that one 
And I, I don't like his play calling. We know we just talked about, we've talked a few episodes ago, and I think even the preview episode about how, you know, the play call has been really good for Auburn recently. And it seemed Malzahn had a strategy and he wouldn't deviate and he didn't make the proper adjustments, which has been a staple of the Gus Malzahn era at Auburn. And, you know, Auburn, Auburn and Florida both have, you know, playoff hopes still alive because, you know, Auburn plays three top five teams and Florida plays LSU and Georgia and would play Bama in the SEC championship, you know, could play Bama in the SEC championship. So both these teams have the world in front of them, but they both have a lot to clean up if they're really going to compete. Yeah, that's fair. Um, let's go and move on to our next matchup. Uh, we had Michigan State visiting Ohio State, and this is Brandon's first win of the weekend. Um, I predicted that Ohio State would win. I did say Michigan State would cover. That didn't happen. But we're not here to talk about who covers and who doesn't. We're here to talk about who wins, as Zach uh, clearly stated a few weeks ago. Um, so Ohio <laughs> State just comes into this one. Slow start, three points in the first quarter. Uh, Michigan State didn't score. And then they just go off in the second quarter. Yeah, I mean, they put Justin up 24 is, points. I mean, the backfield of Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins just isn't fair. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be oh, allowed I, to do I, that. I think J.K. Dobbins made the statement that he's, you know, outside of maybe Chase Young, who's the defensive end. Uh, J.K. Dobbins is the best player on this team. Uh, he had 172 yards and a touchdown. And, you know, Fields looked pretty good. I mean, what, 206 yards passing with two touchdowns and then also had a running touchdown? I mean – that I think this Ohio State te- Ohio State team is going to be hard to beat in the Big Ten. Yeah, um, and and I've said it before. I'll say it again. They've played Nebraska and they've played Michigan State in the Big Ten, and I'll give it to Michigan State. They're a decent team, um, but I mean, you still haven't played the Wisconsin's, the Penn States, the Michigans of the Big Ten yet. You've played kind of the lower end so far. It, if I'm looking at it, though, man, I mean, I, I think Ohio State is a better overall team than, uh, than you know, Wisconsin. And this is just strictly because Ohio State has a two-dimensional team. They can throw it with Justin Fields, and they can run it with J.K. Dobbins, and they have a strong defensive line. And that goes perfectly against Wisconsin, which is pretty one-dimensional with the run game. And, you know, you've – I mean, you have said on this show that, you know, Jack Cohen is not the quarterback for Wisconsin. No, I think Graham Mertz is better, but, I mean, Jack Cohen's not bad. I mean, he's a good quarterback. He's not, but he's, he's not, not Justin as good Fields. as Justin Fields. Okay, I'll, okay yeah. right. Yeah, so, I mean, they have a better quarterback. I'd say J.K. Dobbins is right there with Jonathan Taylor. He might, he might be better, as, I'll be honest. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, and then I would say, you know, both defenses are good, but I would say Ohio State has a better defensive line to stop the run game than Wisconsin does. Right. I just don't. I just don't see. I don't see. Wisconsin does not match up well with this Ohio State team. I mean, we'll see. We'll see October twenty uh, sixth. Um, That's we'll, right. We'll That's going to be a huge weekend. Of college I can't football. wait. That might be my yeah, favorite game that, of all time. That, that is going to be a great game. But I mean, with for Michigan State turnovers, a lack of a running game, and just lack of explosion lost them this game, in my opinion. I mean, they had three turnovers only 67 yards rushing and their quarterback Brian you know his last name is it Lewerke or Lewerke I don't even know I don't know yeah Lewerke yeah I don't know average that's the best I mean he is so vanilla that you know Kirk Cousins could be his twin uh uh it it was terrible I uh I also said they 
you know, Ohio State want cover. Um, I don't know, man. I just, it's hard to say know, that they're going to cover when it's a 20-point spread in the Big Ten. I'll defend us. I mean, yeah, that's I hard know, to man. say. They won by 24. Like, and, which, yeah. and, you know, Ohio State, you know, everyone says they haven't played anybody, but they've won three conference games already, you know, and that's more than a lot of teams could say. I mean, eventually they're going to have to get respect, and I'm coming around to the idea of Ohio State being a serious playoff contender. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think they are for sure. Um, if they win the Big Ten, they will be, and that's like and that's not even a question. It's just yeah, especially if they go undefeated. I mean, yeah, I mean, if they go undefeated, win the Big Ten, um, then yeah, they're they're in the playoff. Like that's that's automatic, basically. Um, and, but I think Wisconsin's going to give them problems, and I, I don't, I don't, I can't speak to that yet because we haven't seen that yet. Yeah, no, I, I completely understand. I mean, I just, I don't know. I right now, I would say Ohio State's a top two, three team in the country. Okay. Well, that's okay. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Um, let's move on to our next matchup. Uh, we have Cal visiting Oregon. Um, Brandon's second win of the week. Second one of the week. Uh, <laughs> second and final one of the week, actually, if you're keeping up. Um, and I said that Oregon would cover in this one. Uh, Oregon was an 18-point favorite. They didn't even score 18 points. <laughs> about that. <laughs> yeah, and they were losing for, for more than half the game. God, that, oh man, this was such a weird week. You know, like I, in my notes, I literally have like, what is the Pac-12? It's an enigma. I mean, Oregon looked horribly average this game. They did. I and, mean, horribly average. And Justin Herbert looked horribly average. I mean, uh, I mean more than anybody. Come on, bro. Okay, that was week. That was week like one or two. Yeah, when he lost. Okay. No, let's, let's not talk about dang, that. He looked good dang. in the Auburn game. Come on. He yeah, the, the first better, half. He looked like the better quarterback in that Auburn game. In the first half, yes. Okay. <laughs> hey, oh, oh, so you're telling me the fifth-year senior who's a top-team draft pick look better than the true freshman making his first start? Yeah, you're probably right, bro. Absolutely you're right. probably right, right, bro. I know I'm right. <laughs> but as much as, as much as we're, you know, trashing Oregon, Cal looked good, better than expected. <laughs> I, know, um, I really don't know what Cal is because Cal beat Washington. I thought Washington was good. I thought that was just yeah, an off game. We'll they lost their starting quarterback. No, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to say. That's, that's so unfair. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, my bad, bro. You have three offensive starters out. Yeah, I cannot believe y'all only scored seven points against a pretty good Oregon team. Yeah, I don't, I don't really understand. That's, I mean, the Devin Monster played good. I mean, he had two interceptions, but making his first start, uh, I can't fault him for that. I mean, this Oregon team is uh, easily the favorite in the Pac-12 now, in my opinion, after this week. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. And we, I've said it, I've said it like three times already in this segment alone. The Pac-12 is just there's something else because. This doesn't even look like a Pac-12 game. This was so low scoring. Pac-12, you know, when I think Pac-12, I think, okay, this is going to be the late night game. They're going to score a combined, you know, at least 60 points. And then they come out and score a combined 24 points. That's just not what I was looking for, to be honest. No, it definitely wasn't. I mean, Cal, you know, everyone says this was a defensive battle. Cal gave up 404 yards, but somehow only gave up 17 points. All in the second half, by the way. They shut out Oregon in the first half. Yeah, I mean, they were winning for a majority of this game. 
Yeah, and the weird part is Cal scored the one touchdown they had in the first quarter. I think it was on the first drive, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I don't know if it's – it may have been their second drive. Uh, yeah, I know it was early. They scored it very, very early. But yeah, it was like a that, long run too. So. Yeah, um, I mean, that's just uh, – I don't know, man. Oregon, I still think Oregon is a contender, guys. I really, really do. They are. Uh, you, you know, I mean, you, you're playing a Cal team that has nothing to lose. Just lost their starting quarterback. You're going to get it all. They 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 threw everything at the wall. You don't have a lot of film on a backup quarterback. Ask Georgia. Backup quarterbacks can haunt you forever. You know, <laughs> o- o- Oregon yes. will be okay. Oregon will be okay. You know, and based on what happened in the next game we cover, I think Oregon takes this Pac-12 now. And if they win out, they should still have a playoff shot. Yeah. Um. And. and- I guess while we're already on the on the topic, let's go ahead and move on to our ne- our final game of our pick six. Uh, we have Washington <sighs> visiting Stanford. Stanford, what's happening? Washington lost this game thirteen to twenty three, and like it wasn't. I mean, it was a close game, but if you watched it, it didn't seem that close. No, Stanford was the better team. Stanford was in control like most of the time. Like even when they were losing, they looked like they were in control. I yes, I'm about to drop some knowledge on everybody, including Brandon. Okay. Jacob Eason is vastly overrated, greatly overrated. I do not know how this guy was a five star. You know, everyone talks about he was pretty good at Georgia. He led Georgia to an eight and five season, and then a true freshman Jake Fromm comes in and leads them to the playoff. Are you sure? Are you positive he was a good quarterback at Georgia? Yeah, but Jacob Eason wasn't QB one. Guess he what? Have you, started the, the, have, you, have you seen the Netflix show, QB1? Oh, yeah. That's okay, true. So okay. Zach, I, I, I thought, Zach is uncultured, I, everybody. I thought, I thought you said that he wasn't the starting quarterback of Georgia, and I was like, bro, he started every single game that whole season. No, he wasn't on QB1. That's no. true. That's true. Okay, but there we go. In that 8-5 in that and five season, he lost to Vandy in Tennessee at home. Okay. But that, okay, nothing. That was... <laughs> okay, nothing. Okay, nothing. He lost to Vandy, bro. Van- hey, come on now. They put up 16 points at home against Fandy. I mean, it's not a great look. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's not even – no, it's not even It's not even a bad look. It's a trash look. Okay. And, I mean, and he's been average at Washington, man. I mean, this is the second loss to a team that, you know, they shouldn't have lost to. Uh, you know, Stanford's been garbage all year, especially on defense. Uh, they were giving up 413 yards per game, and – Washington put up 294, and Jacob Eason threw for a 206 and a touchdown and interception. Yeah. Um. <laughs> That's horrible. But they, <laughs> they scored one touchdown, and it was in the first quarter. And I gave leeway to Washington. I want I want all everything I said about Washington, about how, how I think they just kind of slipped up against Cal, I want those words back. Because you can't lose to Stanford and then still have any mercy from me. There's no way. Like I just want to get I want to give a shout out to Stanford's run game finally. You know, we talked about it on the preview episode about how, you know, Stanford is known for, you know, having these big running backs like, you know, Christian McCaffrey and I, I forgot the guy's name that came before him, but they were all really really good. And dur- throughout the season they've been horrible running the ball. They had almost 200 yards rushing this yeah. game against a good Washington defense. I mean, the leading rusher had 151 yards on 33 carries. Yeah. 
beautiful. They look, they look good. And, and not only their running game, but, but Davis Mills looked good this game. I mean, he had nearly 300 yards passing, only a touchdown, but, I mean, that doesn't matter. If that's all you need, I mean, obviously that's all they needed to win. But he looked good yeah. this, this game. Yeah, he looks like the typical Stanford quarterback to me, the game manager type that can make a play or two when needed. And I Andrew think that's Luck. what they need. Yeah, exactly. You know, and retire and retire at twenty eight. Um, yes. But I think I think the Stanford team is going to be just fine. I think Dave, I think David Mills or Davis Mills, sorry, is you know falling into his role, getting more comfortable. And you know, Stanford's never a team you're going to go in there and just dominate. And their defense stepped up, and I think that motivated and helped their offense. And you know, this is a disappointing loss for Washington. And they need to go back to the drawing board and figure something out because, you know, this Washington team's too talented to lose to Stanford. Yep, I agree. Um, so let's go ahead and continue. Uh, that wraps up our pick six segment or our pick six recap. Uh, going next, uh, we're going to ignore our upsets of the week. We don't need to talk about that. So We both fine. lost, by the way, guys. Even, we no, both no, lost. You, you didn't even need to say that. We could have just ignored it. Um, but we, we've got our top performers this week. Um, and I'll go ahead and start this one. Uh, my first top performer of this week is going to be Charlie Brewer, the quarterback for Baylor. And I don't, I, I guess they kind of slipped under the radar for me because it's Baylor. It's Baylor. For the past <laughs> couple of years. Yeah, I'm going to say that. <laughs> for the past couple of years, they haven't looked great in the, uh, in the Big 12. Um, until, I mean, I guess this season, because they're 5-0 and in the Big 12, um, doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, but I mean, he just had a crazy game this past weekend. Uh, he won. It was a win over Kansas State. Kansas State's a team that Zach and I were both pretty high on. Uh, we had our first guest on. I mean, he was a he was a commentator for for Kansas State. So, I mean, we were both really high on this team. We thought they were. I mean, and they still are a good team. He just put up like he put up numbers he shouldn't have put up against uh, against Kansas State this week. Uh, beat them pretty soundly and remains undefeated. So we'll see how this team goes on uh, to look in week seven and so on, uh, see if they can actually compete for the Big 12. Yeah, it was a great performance. I mean, I, what, Baylor and Oklahoma are the only two undefeateds left in the Big 12, correct? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's interesting. And Oklahoma's got a tough game next week against Texas. So if Oklahoma loses and Baylor's the last undefeated team in the Big 12 – that that would be all chaos, impressive. Just insane. yes, yes, all chaos, guys. Uh, so my top performer of the week is Joe Burrow slash just the whole team of LSU. They're great. Um, Burrow had three hundred and forty-four yards and five touchdowns. This is his third game with five touchdowns this season. Before this That's season, dude. no LSU. I mean, there'd only been the record for touchdowns in a game by an LSU quarterback was five. He's done it three times this season. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, I don't think an LSU quarterback's known for 15 touchdowns in a year and, like, ever. <laughs> okay. I mean, this offense used to be garbage, like hot garbage. And this is looking amazing. And, you know, their offense put up 601 yards, and they only allowed about 150 yards. And, yes, I know the people who, you know, halfway follow Costable are going to say, this is just Utah State. Um, you got you got people messed up if you thought Utah State was just a pushover. <laughs> no, they were I mean, good. J- Jordan Love is is talking that people are thinking he might be a top ten pick. Yeah, in I mean, the he's draft, good. like 
There's people who said they would draft him over Tua. I mean, that's how good this kid is. And LSU forced him into three interceptions, and he was not a factor at all. Only LSU won 42-6. to six. Listen, and that's all another, six points that's another for the first quarter. Real quick that I want to mention about LSU, and I'll, I'll stop talking uh, because <laughs> I feel like I'm being a homer right now. LSU's defense finally shows up to a game this season, and I couldn't be happier. I mean, they, they need to. They need to, yeah, especially coming up next week. I mean, they have but Florida. Florida is coming in. And then after that, you have, I believe you got, do you guys have a bye week after that? I believe y'all do before mm-hmm. Auburn because Auburn comes in the 26th. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So you have Florida and Auburn coming in two back to back weeks. And then you have the Bama game almost right after that. I mean, it is coming quick for this LSU team. And I'm glad they finally figured out their defense. I hope they can keep it up. Um, but uh, let's go ahead and continue with our, our top performers of this week. So with my second top performer this week, I have Chuba Howard. Yes, Oklahoma State lost to Texas Tech, and I don't think anyone truly understands how that happened. Um, but, I mean, Chuba Howard, in, in, in true Chuba Howard fashion. Um, still, dominated. Still, what? No, yeah, he dominated. Also dominated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He ran for 156 yards on 34 carries and had three touchdowns. I mean, he's carrying this team on his shoulders. He, I mean, and and he's, I guess he's, I mean, I don't know too many Oklahoma State running backs, but he's probably the best one since uh, since Barry Sanders. I mean, he, I think he, didn't he break a record? I forgot what record he broke, but I think he had like it was quickest. More, it was quickest to a thousand rushing yards in a season. I think Barry yeah. Sanders did it in six games and he did it in five or something or vice versa or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was so, very close yeah, it was to close. very close to Barry Sanders. He but just yeah. needs some help, man. He needs so much help. Imagine if he had help. Yeah, like that quarterback is trashed. Spencer Sanders. Um, yes. Bad, Good bad lord. What three interceptions? Yeah, two yesterday? touchdowns, three interceptions. God, man. If he played if he played halfway decent, they would have won that game. Yeah, I just got a text like halfway through this game yesterday saying, how is Texas Tech beating Oklahoma State? I looked at it from Zach. Uh, so that I don't, I don't think anyone understands it. But Chuba Howard, <laughs> Chuba Howard is the truth. So, guys, this is a perfect segment into my second top performer. Say hello to Texas Tech, guys. Um, huge win over number 21 Oklahoma State, man. I mean, 45-35. They could have had a big letdown because Oklahoma put it on them last week. They did. And, you know, I mean, could they let two Oklahoma teams beat them beat them down? No, apparently I, not. I, I don't think so. And <laughs> Texas Tech came out and played a heck of a game. In his first start ever, Jet Duffy threw for 424 yards and four touchdowns. I mean. That's, that's <laughs> impressive. Yeah, yeah. That is impressive. You know, that – this this team's going to stay relevant in the Big 12, I guess. I mean, I think if they play like this, they can knock off some other teams, such as, like, K-State that's looked impressive and maybe Texas and, you know, Iowa State hasn't looked terrible. So, I mean, this team has a bright future. I mean, they lost their coach to the NFL, as you guys all know, with uh, Cliff Kingsbury. But Texas Tech looked very impressive this weekend. I was super impressed. They scored – they scored double digits in every quarter but one, and they shut out Oklahoma State in the first quarter. That it was it was a great performance, and Texas Tech deserves a shout out. So that's why they're my second top performer. Yeah, um, and I actually don't have a third top performer this week. So Zach, go ahead and continue if you got a third one. Um, 
I actually don't, but just at first, shout out, shout out to SMU, who is somehow six and zero and in the top twenty-five. It doesn't make sense. Life isn't real. I don't think. I think we're are we in a coma or like a simulation or something? I don't know. But uh, this is the first time they've been good since you know they got the death penalty in the eighties, man. Okay, I want to talk about that real quick. Um, that, uh, this is kind of off track. <laughs> How is SMU not just cheating like all the time now? They already have the death penalty. What's going to happen if they keep cheating? <laughs> Another How, death penalty? I don't yeah, know. No, I mean, they can't win a national championship. I mean, that's that was their punishment. So, I mean, what else is going to happen? They're going to get kicked out of the NCAA? I don't – I mean, probably not. So, just, I mean, keep paying You would play. hope not. I mean, I, I mean that'd be set, rough. Set bounties. I mean, do whatever you have to do. Win, win every single year. Be the best team, at least. I mean, you, don't, you can't win, but be the best team. Uh, so <laughs> – that was a little bit of a weird tangent from from Brandon. Uh, that wasn't even a segment. That was just something I was thinking. Uh, Brandon's thoughts. Uh, so, <laughs> Everybody's favorite segment. Yeah, everyone loves it. Everyone wants to take a peek into my brain. Uh, study it for science. All right, so next, our next segment, we have dumpster fires. Um, and Zach and I, out of the ordinary, actually spoke to each other before this episode and went over the episode. And we actually have the same dumpster fire. So we are doing a combined dumpster fire segment. What is going on with the Pac-12? <laughs> What's happening? I, I don't even know, man. It's, it's so embarrassing. They're eating uh, themselves from the inside out. I hate it. So what I did, so there are three teams that everyone, you know, all these Pac-12 supporters are going to point to. You know, you ask about Oregon, right? No, we talked about Oregon earlier. You know they're going to lose to Oregon State just because it's to Pac-12, right? They're, yeah. they're, someone, they're going to lose to somebody they're not supposed to, so they're out. And so then you bring up Utah, right, the other ranked team. And you know that drugs are bad for you, right? Just leave Utah <laughs> alone, guys. It, it's, it's not happening. Just stop asking. <laughs> yes, they're ranked, but that is the ceiling. And what then, you know, if you really want to get crazy, Arizona State's ranked too. We're just going to move on. You know Arizona State's not making the playoffs. Sun Devils. You know. You know in your soul. And if you really think they're going to make the playoffs, you need to really do some soul searching, guys, because it's not going to happen. You can't lose to Colorado and make the playoff. You can't do it. Pick one or the other, and they pick the unhealthy relationship of losing to Colorado. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't it's know. Terrible, it's man. like the Pac-12. It, so it doesn't make sense because, I mean, the, the best team in the Pac-12 by far is Oregon, like you said. Um, and they've done the only thing that hasn't cursed the rest of the Pac-12. They lost to an out-of-conference opponent, like a good out-of-conference opponent. Everyone else in the Big 12 is just losing to each other. Like, it's, it's all-out anarchy there. It's, it's almost like they don't want a playoff spot. I don't know. That's what I'll say. Everybody in the Pac-12 North has two losses other than Oregon. Yeah, it's – And you know it's coming. You know it's coming. <laughs> They're going to lose to somebody. Oregon's They're going to lose to somebody. Yeah, yeah. They'll lose, they'll lose to, like, Arizona State. It, and it'll be, like, a big loss, too. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They'll get blown out at home. Everyone's pissed. <laughs> and then the Pac-12 South has three teams that have all one loss. And none of them have played each other yet. So just wait. Those two losses oh, are no. coming. Because they, they're all going to beat each other. And then, even worse in the Pac-12 South, you have UCLA, which is just a Division three team at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they, got blown, they got blown out by Oregon State. So they've moved to one and five on the year. <laughs> oh, my Lord, man. Yeah. That is so trash. Jesus oh, Christ. That's not good. Um, and in typical dumpster fire fashion – 
my solution is just is just catch the West Coast on fire. Well, I guess that's already actually happening, so we don't even have to. Oh, that's cold, man. That, that is cold. That wasn't even planned. That was just that was that off was the dome. Cold. That was off the dome. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I think I think you know each year like the Pac-12 should just have to like play like the CFL and just see if they can pull on. <laughs> Or like an arena football team, like the arena football. Whoever wins the arena league has to play the worst Pac-12 team. If they win, that that team's out, no about, longer. Here's the new rule: um, the loser of the Pac-12 has to play. Or they they get sanctioned. They get they get put into the XFL. So they're the newest XFL team uh, that's coming out next year, and they have to compete there. And if they can win there, they can get put back in the Pac-12. But it's just like a revolving door. So whoever loses. In the Pac-12 gets put in the XFL. Whoever wins the XFL gets put in the Pac-12. That's my new. That's my new rule. I'm all for it. Let's do it. I mean, I'll send you this. The people want it. So, um, yeah. I mean, that's it for dumpster fires. The Pac-12 just doesn't make sense anymore. They're beating themselves. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be all out chaos. Just keep your eye on it. Um, it's on. It's the late game every single Saturday. So, if you need something to watch, watch that. Um, let's go ahead and continue to the segment that Zach and I replaced our top 15 with risers and movers, which is where we just, I mean, we say who moved up and who moved down in our top 15 instead of just listing out our top 15 every single week. Oh man, that, that was such a bad segment. Holy crap. It wasn't bad. Um, it was just long and it was boring and, and people didn't like it. So yeah, I guess it was bad. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the definition of bad, my guy. Yeah. <laughs> now, that, now that I think about it. God, man. All right, so I was so my biggest mover is someone who dropped, and it was Auburn. They dropped six spots in my top fifteen to number eleven. Um, yeah. I, I almost moved them down further, but I moved them down past every undefeated team, you know, outside of Notre Dame because I think Notre Dame's loss was even better than Auburn's. But I still left Auburn above Texas and Oregon because one Auburn beat Oregon, and I still think L. You know, Auburn, Texas lost a home game to LSU while Auburn had to go on the road. So I think Auburn's loss still looks better than both those teams, but I dropped them down past everyone else. Yeah. Um, my, my biggest mover was, uh, was also Auburn. I dropped them down. Uh, it wasn't quite six spots, I'll be honest with you, but that's also because you had Auburn ranked higher than I did uh, last yeah. week. So I moved them down. They're out of my top ten right now. Um, mm-hmm. But – also, another team that was not in my top 10 is now in my top 10, and that's Florida. Um, I mean, Florida, I, I, they played at home at the Swamp. I mean, they had that advantage, but this Florida team might actually be good, and I almost choked saying that. So, um, yeah. so uh, uh, thoughts and prayers gonna, for me. You, you might have a heart attack here, man. I have I moved Florida up two spots to seven. Oh, how dare you. That's above absolutely. Wisconsin. The AP and the coaches poll have them at, by the way. Yeah, and by, by the way, guys, we made these before the AP poll released. I agree with them. I think Florida's a better team right now than Wisconsin, and they have a better win than Wisconsin does. Yeah, side note, I need to have a talk with AP because they said they released the top 25 at 1 p.m. or 2 p.m. Uh, Eastern. So I was sitting there refreshing my page literally every 30 seconds until they finally released it at like 1.15. I'm very impatient. Um, so I, I got a beef with AP now. So, oh, it, so watch your back. Just, and just so you you guys know about the new AP poll, just a quick thought: the AAC now has three teams in the top twenty-five. They Cincinnati have teams. 
Cincinnati, Memphis, and SMU are all ranked. I mean, two of those are undefeated. One of them, Cincinnati, who looks pretty good. I mean, I don't. I don't yeah, their only that. losses. Their only losses to um, uh, Ohio, Ohio State. State. I mean, that's yeah. pretty solid. But my only team that I have new in my top twenty-five or my top fifteen is Michigan. I have Michigan at fifteen. Okay. Um, and that's because Iowa was 15 for me. And last week, you know, we only released our top 15. I'll make a top 25 just in case. And Michigan was number 16 for me. So they really only move up a spot. And yeah. everybody everybody else in my top 15, either they had a few people who moved one spot each. Not a big move. I guess the most notable one spot move was I have Alabama jumping Georgia for my third spot. Okay, finally. In my top 15. And it's just be, I mean, Georgia just didn't look great. Uh, they were losing to Tennessee until late in the they ended up blowing them out. But I think this Georgia team has a lot of holes. They they really, really do. And, you know, I think they probably they almost lost in the Notre Dame game and they didn't look superb last night. So I've Alabama moving ahead of Georgia in my top my top fifteen. Yeah, quick little side note. Um this is always my favorite thing that the AP does because they vote for these spots. So whoever has the most points, you know, ends up being first, second, then third. I mean, so forth. So my favorite thing that they ever do is when two teams have the same exact amount of points and then they have to tie for a spot. So this week we see Ohio State and Georgia both rolling in at number three on the AP poll. Um, <laughs> I know a couple of years back we had we had Mississippi State and Ole Miss at number one tied, which what a time to be alive when they were tied for number one in the country. <laughs> but yeah, I always love when the AP can't figure it out and they just, they have, they can't have like a, like a tiebreaker or anything. They just, they have two teams ranked at the same position. So you see, I, th- I think the tiebreaker should be the number of first place votes. Ohio state had 10 first place votes this week while Georgia only had three. I mean, that's a good tiebreaker. That makes a lot of yeah. sense. too much sense and, for and the AP. That's what I'm saying. And like, it's crazy because, you know, usually there's, there's the, you know, first place votes are only distributed across three, four teams. All five top ten teams had at least two first place votes. LSU got two first place votes. Yeah, um, which is which is nice. You know, it always makes me feel great. <laughs> you know it's coming, don't you? You know y'all are going to lose to Arkansas or something. It's going to happen. I don't understand <laughs> – and that's that's the worst part about being an LSU fan is that you know that I mean you could go you could go eleven and zero and then week twelve you play Texas A and M and they're just gonna blow us out or they're gonna take us to quadruple overtime and each team's gonna score seventy points one of those two. Um, be, I'm rooting for that. I'm not. I, I mean, I'll root part for part two wins, but I can't. Uh, yeah. Um, when I I feel like I should know this. When does the actual college football playoff rankings come out? It's like week nine or something. I thought it was week eight, if I'm not mistaken. It could be. I don't know. But um, I can't – well, let's just say I can't wait for that. Um, so let's go ahead and move on to our next segment. Uh, it's actually a new segment. It's just a segment called Hot Takes. And all this segment is is Zach and I just making either just outrageous claims, things that we think might happen, or we talk about a controversial uh, topic in um, NCAA football. And uh, we just give our input on it because I know all of you are dying to hear our opinions. So, <laughs> Zach, go ahead and leave this one off. All right. So, this week I picked an opinion about a controversial topic. I'll get Brandon's too. We'll oh, discuss yeah. this. Um, it's p- paying players. Okay. Let's talk. Uh, oh, oh. Okay. So, my opinion, I'm actually very torn on my opinion about this. 
So, you know, I'm not one of, you know, the like 70 year old, like a-holes who like are like, I love taking advantage of like college kids and making millions off of it. Like I yes, get it. They, like, they say that word for word. Yes. That's exactly how they do. And they like snicker in the background. You know how it goes. But I think there's a lot of problems with just paying players. Uh, I think that, you know, there needs to be some type of system like this needs to be thought out more instead of trying to rush this through the courts where we just give 18 year olds, you know, a bunch of money. We know that's not going to turn out well. And, you know, I'm very torn because, you know, everyone's acting like like these athletes in college, they don't get anything, but I, I don't know about that. I mean, they literally get a free education. They get free, you know, like, I don't know how, I guess I'll, I'll call they it get, merch. They get stipends they get, too. Uh, they, yeah. And they get, a, that was my next thing. Well, they they do get, get free paid. merch. Yeah. They get free merch. They get stipends each week, guys. Like I know athletes personally when I was like in school in Auburn and they got a check every single week and that does, and they get free housing too. And they get free meals because at Auburn, at least, they had a whole student athlete center. I mean, Brandon's been with me to the wellness. It's called the Wellness Kitchen. So nice. And they got really good food, and it's free for the athletes. And, you know, they get all this free stuff, and they get – and, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm just not one of the people here who think that, like, athletes are just, like, treated like crap around campus. Like, they get the benefit of the doubt constantly. They get treated like superstars. And – I don't think, you know, it's, it's just really hard in my opinion. I, and, you know, how do you regulate these deals and sponsorships that, you know, people are talking about? And how do you make it where, you know, big schools like Texas and Alabama don't just throw millions of dollars at these kids that, you know, some school like, you know, maybe Washington doesn't have as much money as Texas and Alabama. And so they don't get the recruit because they didn't throw enough money. Yeah. I, I, think- I just – yeah, I'll go ahead and give my a couple takes on this for me anyway. Um, and, and this is actually – this wasn't even my idea. I was talking with one of my friends about it, and he gave me the idea of a uh, of, of kind of like a salary cap. If, if the players were to get paid, then each school would have a salary cap that would have to be implemented. So it's the same across the board for the NCAA, um, and that actually would help, you know, to get recruits, like five-star recruits, to like smaller teams. I mean – teams that aren't necessarily the face of these power five uh, conferences, which I think is a good idea in theory. And then, I mean, I don't know how you regulate that though, because yeah. Cause I mean, how do you put a value on the kid the table? Yeah. And then, and then kids know how much they're getting paid and then it, it turns into a professional organization. And is that what we really want? I mean, do we want college uh, kids being paid, you know, treating it like a job because it would be a job at that point. Or do we want these kids going to college and kind of proving themselves for the NFL? I mean, I mean that's the end goal for most college players, at least. I mean, they want to make it to the yeah. NFL so they can get played, uh, can get paid. And if you don't see that top performance from them when they're not getting paid, I don't understand how um, we know their full potential and we know what they're worth in the NFL. Yeah, and uh, you know, people always say, "Well, like, you know, the NCAA is making all this money, the schools making all this money." It's like, have you never, like, you know? you know, normal college kids, we all have to work internships and volunteer in research labs and do all this stuff where we're not making money, but the people above us are making money. Yeah. I mean, and it's all to a prove, prime example. Yeah. Because- and it's, and it's all to prove your worth and prove what you can do and have a learning experience. And, you know, I don't feel like that's taking advantage of anybody in person, personally, at least. Yeah. 
No, I mean, I mean, honestly, try getting a job when you don't have an internship or when you're not working within um, the programs that your school offers. I mean, I mean, it's hard. I mean, you can't, a lot of places won't hire you if you don't have that kind of professional experience from an internship. And that's kind of the same thing that we're talking about in football now, because yeah. you have to go, I mean, that's exactly your point. I mean, they have to go through college to be able to prove themselves for the NFL. That's right. Now, one thing yeah. I will say, I don't know that players should necessarily have to be forced to play college ball before they go to the NFL. That's a whole different discussion um, because I mean, a lot of players, I mean, they wouldn't go to college if, if they, if they didn't have to. So actually we're going to make that our hot take next week. Cause I have some very hot takes about that actually. All right. Well, let's, let's hold off yeah. on that then. But, but the last thing I always want to say about this is, you know, another problem is how do you regulate this across sports? Because you know, the political climate we live in today you know, and men's football brings in a lot more money than women's volleyball. So is, is this argument going to be that like men's making more than women and all this kind of stuff, even though the NCAA football brings in billions of more money than women's volleyball. Billions more money. And, and they do, it does. I mean, just the way you word it. I mean, (laughs) yeah, the way I word it was trash guys, but you know, does that become a problem? Do, Do we have protests because women volleyball players and, you know, even men's soccer players, you know, how do we regulate that across that? Because, like, you know, yeah, some baseball teams are bringing a lot of money, but the average school makes all their money off of football. And so if these football players are walking around making thousands of dollars more than their baseball players, their basketball players, their tennis players, their volleyball players, all this stuff, how does that – how do you do with the, the climate of the campus when, you know, these football players are rolling around in freaking – Benzes and stuff and these volleyball players are making hundreds of dollars less right and i think one of the things that people don't understand is that unless you're a private for-profit uh university they're they, these these colleges aren't just pocketing the money they literally i mean to be a nonprofit, you have to put all the money you make back into your university so this money mm-hmm. the schools are making that they could, I guess they could be paying the players, but then they'd be a for-profit. That's a whole different discussion too. Um, they would be putting, they would be pouring it back into the programs. I mean, making sure that everyone on their team, uh, you know, had all these amenities, had all these scholarships. They, they have these places to stay um, and, and putting into the actual university. I mean, making the education that much better at that school Um I mean, you have advertising. I mean, every single thing that comes with a nonprofit. But uh, I'm not going to get too worked up over this. Um, I guess my take is that we, I don't think we can pay college players. And if, I mean, and, and I'd be open to hearing arguments for why we could. Um, but, but we'd have to, I mean, it'd have to be more in depth than it is right now because right now it's just, it's just basically, hey, throw money at these players and let them do what they want. Yep. Exactly. So yeah, that is my hot take of the week. So we will move to Brandon's hot take. Yeah, um, mine's a little bit more outrageous. Not really an opinion, but um, <laughs> my, my my hot take is that is that um, Pitt Pitt will go to the ACC championship this year. They'll play Clemson. I also think that Pitt has a good chance to win out this season. Um, so like, uh, win? Not, no, no, I'm not gonna say they're gonna beat Clemson. I didn't say that. I meant, I meant regular. I was about to say. So no, like they're gonna no, go no. eleven and one? No, no, they they, they lost two games. Who 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 else did they lose to? Right. They lost to. Uh, they lost to Penn State. Yeah, Penn State and Virginia. Oh, that's right. Okay, so you think they're yeah, gonna win won. out? 
I think they have a chance to win out. I mean, it's a hot take, oh, right? Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. Yeah, we're not going to go nearly in uh, into the depth that we went with the paying players conversation because this is really God. just, hey, you know. Um, this is really just Brandon, you know, hoping you fade his picks to make a lot of money. Who's, who's in the ACC Coastal and who's going to challenge Pitt? I, mean, I, don't, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. I think, I think Pitt has a good chance. I'm not saying that they necessarily will. I think that they have a good chance to do it. I mean, I think they're a solid team. Their defense is incredible. If um, if their offense can kind of get it together a little bit more, then I think they have a Wait, solid so, team. So you, so you think Pittsburgh is better than North Carolina and Virginia? And Virginia already beat them. First of all, it's Pitt. It's not Pittsburgh. Let's get that straight. Um, second of all, okay. <laughs> <laughs> second of all, yes, Virginia beat them, but Pitt let, like, led a majority of that game. I mean, they lost it in the fourth what? quarter. They they led. They they led Virginia. They scored thirty to fourteen. Yeah, and they were winning at halftime. My goodness. Okay. (laughs) They got. They got. They got beat thirty to fourteen. Okay. You think like if Virginia loses, they almost lost to Duke. They almost (laughs) lost to Duke. Yeah, but I mean, if you've seen Pitt play, I don't know why I've been keeping up with Pitt so much. But um, if you've seen Pitt play, I mean, every single game they play is close. They they were leading twenty six to three, bro. Twenty six uh, to three. I, I watched and, the game. I know. And I, oh my god! And Duke was leading thirty. Oh my lord! And, and then they no. won. And then then Pitt it's won. It's not, dude. This this thing is supposed to be hot takes, not 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 horrible takes. No. Okay. Well, we'll see how it how it uh, fans out. I can't do much worse than I'm doing right now, Zach. I think we all know that. That's true. That's not true. I think I I think they'll lose to UNC, and I think they might lose to Miami too. Ah, that's tough. Miami got smacked this weekend. Um, yeah, Miami's a whole other story, though. All right. Um, and we're going to go ahead and cap this episode off uh, with a segment that I've been very reluctant to start. Uh, it's just it's, – it's a segment called Bad Beats. Um, Zach and I have had a couple bad beats over the weeks. A couple? You, you, went, you went two and two and what this week, bro? I mean, I can two and four if I'm doing the math correctly. Is that right? <laughs> and, and how much in like the last two weeks? Five and nine. <laughs> hey, hey, exactly. Hey, hey, we're not gonna talk about it. This is your first week where you've actually uh, played in our picks. So uh, when, once you get sit there, once you're steady in that seat where you're at, come <laughs> talk to me because I've led for I've led for every single week until now. Um, uh, yeah, but uh, my bad beat of this week, um, and for those of you I guess who don't know what a bad beat is, it's just I mean, we were wrong about something. So, uh, and, and this is our segment where we're going to go ahead and swallow our words and, and go back on what we said, because we admit when we were wrong sometimes I usually don't, but I was coerced. <laughs> so, um, I have, I have my beat. Um, my bad beat is where UCF lost Cincy. Um, I said that UCF would win. And as a matter of fact, I said that UCF would blow Cincy out of the water. If you go back and listen to the last episode, my exact words were UCF is going to blow Cincy out of the water. It didn't happen. In case, I'll be honest with you, it didn't in happen. Case, in case y'all didn't know, Brandon also had UCF as his number seven team in the country. They, hey, come on. <laughs> okay, I did. Um, I don't know why we're bringing up the past. I mean, that's the past. We're looking toward the future right now. But, uh, yeah, uh, I'll swallow my words. UCF, not great. Uh, I bet they miss Scott Frost. Um, I bet Dylan, Dylan Gabriel's not a, he's not a good quarterback. I'll say it. 
Not a How good are you going to turn like that, bro? You Mercedes. <laughs> he's good for a freshman. I mean, he's oh. he was doing good until I actually watched him play this weekend and saw that every single pass over 15 yards, he had to throw 40 feet in the air to get it there. Mm. Like, I mean, he looked like if they put me out there at quarterback. Because, I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. That, that's mean. Uh, I, I just don't Dang. have an arm. Um, yeah, but, but I should not have. I, I should not have been so high on UCF. I guess. Um, and so there's my bad beat. I swallowed my Clearly. words, Zach. It's Clearly. your turn. Oh, okay. Well, let's hear yours, Zach. <laughs> What's your bad beat? So, bro, I think these words are poisonous. But my bad beat is the Auburn offense turns to corner. Um, nice. I, I think this could have been both our bad beats. I believe we both had. Offense, offense as oh, our top I can't, performer. I can't, last I can't week. believe you're such an idiot that you said that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, you know, I've mentioned, I think I said in the preview episode, I said it in the recap episode last week. This Auburn team was a contender ready co- to compete. The offense was turning the corner. Yeah, I was wrong, dead wrong. Uh, they played abysmal against UC, um, against Florida, UF. Uh, abysmal. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and throw my challenge flag on this beat, Zach, because uh, if you if you noticed, I chose a beat that you didn't choose. You chose one that I choose, so I can't even burn you up. I mean, <laughs> it's not fair. I can't even make fun of you because I thought the same thing you did. I, oh, Matt, just call me, just start I mean, calling me Brandon Bad Beats because that's my new nickname, I guess. <laughs> you triple B, the big baller brand over here. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's worse you might be worse than the big baller brandon that was a horrible idea oh it was so bad. um you know, i almost made you just like a bad beat like just you in general is a bad beat brandon is my bad beat this week um, yeah terrible uh, pick. but you know but you know auburn you know in case you didn't watch the game no run game no passing game no anything no life no players no life no, yeah like uh, no i will don't know, to live. Man. Yeah, you know, I said, I said in my notes, I said not a damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what the Auburn, that's what the Auburn offense gave you guys this weekend. Not a damn thing to watch or be ha- happy about. Yeah, I so agreed. That that and you know, yeah, man, that's that's my bad beat. You know, I, I got to go wash my mouth out. Good thing I got some mouthwash around because <laughs> that 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 sucked. Yeah, this segment's – I mean, I, I think I think it's a good segment for the show. I think it's terrible for us, though. It's just going to kill our self-esteem. Uh, yeah, but that's going to that's gonna be a wrap on this show. Um, it, 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 you know, real quick, guys, you know, the bad beat segment really could just be our upsets of the week recently because we've been sucking on those for you guys as well. <laughs> we can just ignore those because those, those oh. hurt more than the bad beats. See, the bad beats, we get to choose which one's bad. Like, we get to choose – upset of the week hey, we go back and to to be fair to make me feel better i hit i hit on both of my picks for brandon's gambling corner last week there you go i still have to wait on like one of mine but so so i hope you guys made some money this weekend <laughs> we didn't but we don't we don't gamble so mm. all right um that's gonna be it uh for this week uh i want to thank everybody for listening again We've been getting more and more listens every single episode, and we've been, I mean, broadening our horizons. Uh, It's like every single episode we have, I mean, people from different parts of the United States for the most part. Some out of the United States listening. I don't know how you found us. Maybe you're using a VPN. I don't know. Um, But, yeah, just thanks to everybody for listening. Um, 
leave a five-star review. Uh, we're on all plat- on all podcast platforms, so I'm sure you found somewhere to listen to us if you're listening to us right now. If you can hear my words, you found us. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how, uh, but you did. So wherever you listen to podcasts, if there's a place where you can leave a review, leave a review. Um, I know on iTunes you can. That's where we get most of our listens. So um, leave us a review. We'll read your takes. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll answer questions. We'll do whatever. Uh, just leave a comment in your review, and uh, we'll do that. Yeah, guys. And in case you want to follow us on social media, please do, by the way. <laughs> um, on Instagram, it is at the underscore blue bloods. Post on there all the time. Man. We are so close to 100 followers. So shout out to you guys for that. Uh, that is crazy that we're almost at 100 followers. And you guys have been really, really, really interactive and great with that. And then on Facebook, we are at the Blue Bloods Pod. Uh, the Blue Bloods were taken, but, you know, we got the Blue Bloods Pod. You know, we, we actually have a good bit of people on there as well. So shout out to you guys for that. And then finally... We have a Twitter as well. We post on there a good bit too. So if you want to follow us on Twitter, it is at the underscore underscore blue bloods. So go follow us on there. You can find posts across all these social media, you know, platforms, updates about the episodes and everything. So uh, shout out to you guys for all that. Yeah. Um, and check, uh, watch out for our new episode uh, coming out. It's going to be our preview episode for week seven. Uh, it's going to come out on Thursday. Um, watch out for that episode. Go give it a listen. Give us follows on social media and uh, leave a review. And we are out.